Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Duel of the Fates Nerdcast. I am Evan Kruger. I'm Eric Emmons. And we're excited to bring you all the Star Wars goodies that we have for you today. We're going to start out with, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet or not, but it was from Leland Chi, the self-described keeper of the holocron, who works for uh, the Lucasfilm Story Group. And uh, Eric, you're going to read yeah. that tweet for us. So, jumping right in the news here, just keeping things moving. Uh, Leland Chi, uh, he's a Lucasfilm official, and he uh, just tweeted this out. Somebody asked him, um, somebody tweeted him and said, I know your group looks to legends for ideas and inspiration. Any chance uh, full characters like Revan, Darth Zana, etc. Uh, being resurrected? Or is it more like a case of using old characters to create new? Thrawn excluded, of course. And Leland Chi responded, you wouldn't believe some of the legend characters that will be cropping up in various media in the coming months. Hey, if Tag and Bank can show up, anything is possible. You um, guys know that as as Revan fanboys, we are jazzed about this tweet. Yeah, so so if you know, just uh, remember who doesn't know, Tag and Bank are basically some characters, kind of goofy characters from some comics, some Dark Horse comics way back when, and... Uh, Ron Howard tweeted out a picture of them and basically said, tag and make question mark, and it looks like they're going to be in the Han Solo movie. Uh, but what's really interesting is really just the tweet by Lin and Chi. And what's that mean? He said various media. Um, what media would that be? Um, I doubt it's going to be the movie. I don't feel like it's a movie quote. It's got to be, I think, Rebels or whatever new animated series they're coming up with right now. But, uh, I don't know what series you think Leland. What, what do you think Leland Chi's talking about? Any any speculation, Evan? My first thought would be some of the comics that they're doing. I know they're still they're doing the Darth Vader comic series, and um, maybe some some sort of Star Killer reboot is in the works for those Darth Vader comics because they are set after Revenge of the Sith. Um, obviously, we're hoping for Revan. Maybe. Maybe th- this is a stretch here, but maybe this is a hint at maybe some of the content for the new television show mm-hmm. that is coming up in the next uh, couple years. Yeah, I, I would lean that way. I think it's possible. Maybe he's referring to Rebels um, because of the fact that in the key coming months, right? The only two things that you're going to see of the Star Wars universe in the coming months are going to be Rebels and Han Solo. And I think... When he said various media, he's not saying, he's very obviously not saying movies. Like, I feel like that's kind of a hint right. that it has to be right. Rebels, uh, which gets me kind of excited. Rebels is an interesting place right now. Um, as somebody who enjoys the show, um, with kind of wondering where what's going, to, going on with Ahsoka and this uh, Mortis arc, and there's just a lot of interesting things going on and could, could lead to some interesting stuff um, that I'm excited for. I'd love to see Revan. I don't know if I want to see him in the animated world because that means we won't give him get him live action. But I will be happy with him in any media at this point, as long as we get enough of him. I don't want him to show up in one episode, die, and then be yeah. gone. Yeah. But that would mean he was canon if it yeah. was so. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about what is the what's their most likely play here. Um, I know with Thrawn, really to me, he seems like the he is the only sort of post-Return of the Jedi Legends character that they've added to the Star Wars canon. Um, 
they did um, kind of uh, rip off Jason Solo when they made yeah. Kylo Ren. A little bit. But so I, mean, I think more. I think it's more likely to me that they'd be reaching back, yeah. or they're going to take characters whose stories are really tangential to the whole Skywalker saga um, from Legends that uh, really didn't, at least yeah. in the original setting, didn't impact the galaxy all that much. Yeah, I guess the reason. I guess yeah. I guess I'm hoping it's something that is going back. I feel like people have a lot more love. I don't know if that's true. I, I personally really love, you know, Old Republic stuff. Um, I know so do you. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that they could do, characters they could pull from that were, you know, in books that were, you know, originally the new story mm-hmm. um, that we never got, you know, between episode, you know, six and now seven. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what happens here. And I, I think it's the right... I'm glad that he said it. Like, we were all kind of hoping somebody would say it, and Leland Shi obviously shows that he knows what we want, which is a big deal, um, and he sounded excited, and I think that's a good thing when a true bona fide Star Wars nerd is getting excited, you know? The keeper of the holocron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the keeper himself. But. So, that is um, some of the big news for this week. Another piece of big news is that the Solo a Star Wars trailer, Solo Star Wars trailer, <laughs> Solo a Star Wars story trailer is going to be dropping during the Super Bowl. Yeah, most likely it will be dropping during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if that does happen, we would love to be able to give you a live reaction to that on our new Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, I know it's not the the hippest form of social media anymore, <laughs> but if you are on Facebook, you can look up the Duel of the Fates Nerdcast. Get connected with us with us there. Um, not only do we just want you to like our page, we'd love some feedback from you. We'd like you for us to tell you stuff that you'd like to hear on the show. Because um, we'll do it. Yeah, because we'll do it. We're, we're really we're really down <laughs> for anything. Sometimes we scrape the bottom of the barrel when it comes to content for this podcast. So we'd love to hear your feedback. What you think of our podcast? Um, how you think we could improve? Also, but also how amazing you think we are? Yes, we are of amazing. <laughs> Um, also, remember, it's Duel is D-U-A-L. Uh, don't look for it as in D-U-E-L. You'll just find John Williams fanboys, which you might find me on one of those pages, too. <laughs> but you need to find uh, The Duel of the Fates Nerdcast, D-U-A-L, um, and, uh, The Duel of the Fates Nerdcast. And we just kind of started it, and really, just, if you post on our page, we're going to see it. Uh, if you got an idea for a character spotlight, we'd love to hear it. Um, we'd love to just interact with you guys. Yeah. Sometimes celebrities can feel really distant, but um, you got to remember that we're, you know, as famous as we are, we are real people too. And we want to hear from our fans. So uh, go over and smash that like button and, <laughs> and we'll, we'll really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, I forgot something. I had this written down. Do you remember all the talk about the crystal that was on Luke's neck in one of the posters for yeah, The Last Jedi? Yeah. Didn't we see that in a brief scene? In we the movie? saw it in a brief scene, and we always assumed that it was Darth Vader's crystal, but it's it's not. The Star Wars visual guide said it is a Jedi Crusader recovered crystal or something. I'm not I'm not super certain, and I think maybe that will have something to do with this lore connection that Leland Chi is talking about. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about that is I, I really think Episode Nine could be 
setting us up to go a really interesting route. With that crystal, and I think that what might happen is I think Ray might end up with that. She might go back. I think she's going to go back to Act 2. I could be wrong. And then also you've got the whole idea of Snoke's crystal in his hand that he got from Darth Vader's castle. And then the fact that they're naming the, the working title from the movie right now is Black uh, Diamond, right? So I think that they're definitely going to revisit. Luke and, let me put it this way, Luke and Snoke's arc isn't over. Hmm. They're not just swiped to the side now. It's not just a Ben and Ray movie, though it is primarily them. There's going to be some interesting stuff they can play with here um, in the future having to do with those crystals and the diamonds. So right. It'll be interesting. So that's the last note that we had on the Leland Chi tweet. We're, uh, we are Star Wars fans, but we are especially Legends fans, and so that was definitely a welcome sight. We're going to transition now into our character spotlight for the week, and this character is one that we met in an animated movie. We didn't like her at first, mm-hmm. and now she is one of our favorites. It's Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. So I guess she's one of my favorites. Uh, I think she's one of the best parts of Rebels. Anybody who's seen the Vader uh, Ahsoka scene is just, just so good. It's amazing. Um, even Evan, who's not watched a bunch of Rebels, would admit that's one of the better oh, scenes. Oh, it's in so good. Age. It's so good. Um. So I guess let's start from the beginning. What did what's I mean, I know I think me and you had similar first opinions of Ahsoka. Yeah. She was annoying. I I remember I went and saw the Clone Wars movie in theaters, and when I found out Anakin has an apprentice, that's stupid. And and she's so annoying. She's a kid. I don't I don't like this girl. And when they announced the Clone Wars series and they started into season one, she was still annoying. She, she was still uh, really annoying, and I thought, oh, I just want this this girl to go away. But as as the Clone Wars progressed, as um, they, they did some amazing character development with her, she went, um, she grew up. Yeah. Um, she became a lot more like Anakin. Yeah. She got another lightsaber. Yeah. She changed her outfit. Um, <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they all wear the the same. Or Padme, she wears something different every single that, time. That's true. That's Literally, true. watch two different scenes, and she's in a completely different setup. But, but uh, yeah, so I agree 100. percent Wasn't a big fan of her. Um, she, I guess she was just like she reminded me of you that annoying little sister mm-hmm. that like you don't want in the room, but like. You know there's some, like, you kind of appreciate her, but you just don't want her in the room. And uh, she was just so snarky, and it was just like, would an apprentice really be this uh, snarky with her master? And I don't know. It, she bugged me. I won't lie. She really wasn't my favorite. Um, but Dave Filoni is, the, I think, the guy that you really have to thank, um, and a lot of the other guys. But they really put a lot of work into her, and she really did does become beloved, and I think where she really gets a lot of focus and where I started to really like her was towards the end of Clone Wars, um, when you start to see the whole the whole arc of um, her leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thought on that? How, was, was that when you kind of started to like her, or were you a, a um, pre? Did you start to like her a lot before that? I was on a, I was on Team Ahsoka. Probably um, the the arc in Clone Wars where I started to really like Ahsoka was when she got, um, oh gosh, I think that they were fighting on Felucia, her and Anakin, um, and I think maybe Plo Koon were fighting on um, Felucia, oh, and she actually got kidnapped 
by these this I don't I don't remember what the what the race is called. I think no, they weren't the Trandoshans. I don't remember exactly, but she got kidnapped by this race of people who um, they capture people, they release them on this planet, on this island on a planet, and they hunt them for sport. Hmm. And so she's on this island, and she runs into this group of other Jedi, and she basically becomes their leader. And she almost, almost single-handedly takes down this slaving ring, and... She was gritty, she was tough, and she did it all on her own. She didn't need Anakin to come and rescue her. Um, I guess Chewbacca helped. Chewbacca showed up <laughs> in that episode, which the animation for Chewbacca was awful in the Clone Wars. It was so bad. One of my least favorite animations <laughs> is the animation for Yoda. And oh. Ooh, that's oh. one of cringeworthy, too. Oh. I, I will say one of the things I really liked that they did is they gave Ahsoka a friend in Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in Rebels, when they meet up again, there's kind of this moment where they, they're surprised to see each other. Yeah. And um, for me, that was cool seeing she does grow up. She does grow up, but she, yet she still has these connections to people um, from the Clone Wars. And I don't know, having kind of a... Anakin was her master, but I think the problem was, and you saw it in the Clone Wars, he's just too young. And though he is way more mature in the Clone Wars than he is in the movies, yeah. he's still just... He's not. He's not a master yet. He was. He was her friend mm-hmm. before he was her master. Yeah. It seemed like. And I, and I feel like Rex fulfilled a better version of a friend that she needed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Really, Anakin was not a good master. Yeah. Before. Um. I haven't read the Ahsoka novel. Me neither. But in the Ahsoka novel, um, Anakin gives Ahsoka part of the five hundred first under the command of Captain Rex yeah. right before he leaves to go back to Coruscant. And then, you know, he kills the younglings and such. Um, order 66 happens. Rex has removed his inhibitor chip. So basically Ahsoka and Rex fight the 501st and then they don't see each other again until they meet in rebels. Huh? Yeah, that's real cool. And I think how they're handling the rebels is real good. Um, and Rex is cool. Rex is a really mature person, really like that old grandpa that knows yeah. to get things done in Rebels. I like that they went that route with her, but um, yeah. Um, you have not seen much Rebels. You've seen the fight. You've seen the fight versus her mm-hmm. Vader. What's your impressions for? Well, actually, let's let's talk about let's talk about her leaving. Her um, leaving. Yeah, that arc in Clone Wars. It um. It's a change of pace. It happens right after the finish of the Darth Maul arc. So at first I was kind of disappointed that they didn't do anything else with Darth Maul. (laughs) But there's a bombing at the temple. And they catch the culprit. But um, eventually as part of the bombing, Ahsoka gets framed for murder. For murder of some clones. And it turns out it's Beresafi that's doing all of this. Um... Ahsoka enlists the help of Asajj Ventress, which I think is really cool, because Ventress is basically just this rogue bounty hunter at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she's on the run. She's trying to prove that she's innocent. Captain Tarkin is the one especially pushing for um, uh, for her arrest. Um, and basically the only one that still believed her, believed in her, was Anakin throughout all of her. The Jedi Council turned on her very quick. As Anakin said, as soon as there were any suspicion about her loyalty, the Council turned on her. And I think that that um, 
uh, makes Anakin cooler because it kind of feeds into why he turned to the dark side, why he didn't trust the yeah. council because they did this to his, his Padawan that he loved so much. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it kind of makes sense why they turned on her. I think a lot of the the council did not respect Anakin, Mm-mm. and they seen her. They see her as a way, um, kind of to prove what they wanted to say all along. See, Anakin, you're not prepared for this, and mm-hmm. she's not ready for this, um, and just kind of discredit his leadership. Yeah, which ties a little bit, kind of nicely into episode three. Yeah, we think of what now Anakin's gone through. He's been kind of, you know. Uh, I don't know what the word is. He's been, he's kind of been humiliated in a sense, um, in, in a sense with that. And now you see Anakin go yeah. through all the struggles he goes through, uh, episode three. But um, yeah, that that is a good arc. Mm-hmm. That's a good couple episodes. And I think when she leaves there, like I, I, mean, I didn't know what to expect. Like where where do you take a character like that? Yeah, you know, a good character but in a very interesting situation. And that, that was one of the more emotional parts of Rebels for me. I think mean, in Clone Wars for me. When you when you watch her leave, you know? Yeah. And you you think, Definitely. oh my goodness, this is actually happening. This isn't some yeah. dumb little something trick. Expect. For a kid's show, the Clone Wars is powerful. It's very emotional, and it's very violent. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Which is maybe why we like it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, they transition from that Mm-hmm. And I think they handled her perfectly in Rebels. And you know a lot more about than I, that than I do. Yeah, I, I think they handled her really well in Rebels. Um, basically, she's the fulcrum agent, right? Uh, she's this... Basically, you kind of figure out she's been a spy. And she's working um, undercover. And she comes and saves uh, saves Ezra in the nick of time and fights the Inquisitors. Um, which is an awesome. I actually showed Evan the mm-hmm. the fight there. That's so cool. And that that was she just grabs that lightsaber from that guy and oh man. Um, but she's so much more. She she does not talk as much. She's just very mature, and you know she's seen a lot. And she's changed a lot. Um, and you see her white lightsabers, which I think was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that she's you know they say uh what do they say when. Something about being a Jedi, and she said, I am no Jedi. Yeah, Um, Vader says, revenge is not the Jedi way. She says, I'm no Jedi. That's good stuff. Which is so ironic (laughs) when you think about where they left off together. You know, her leaving and, you know, him trying to, you know, he didn't want that for her. You know, Um, and I think one of the most powerful moments in all of Rebels, maybe in all of even Clone Wars uh, combined, is the moment when she cuts the mask, and you see Anakin behind that mask. And you mask. hear his voice, And too. you hear his voice, yeah. And that's powerful for me. And that's... And she she has this compassion, which is one thing she always had. She always had a compassion, you know? I think that's one thing that people like about her is that she's she's not above people. She's she going to talk back, but she has a <laughs> compassion to her. And you see that, her, her wanting to see her master, her friend. Yeah. Like you said, she her, her friend. She wanted her friend back. And that just wasn't, just wasn't gonna happen. And that's, that is a sad scene, actually, when you really stop to think about what she's going through in that moment. Find out that this man that you admired so much, um, I think it's a quote from her in the Clone Wars, says, no, it was from Rebels, and says, what was remarkable about Anakin was how kind he was. Mm-hmm. And Anakin, for all of his fire and fury, he really was kind. He always did, at least in Clone Wars. He always yeah. did want to do the right thing. She finds out that this man that she admired so much 
was the worst thing in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> the and most that, evil creature in the galaxy. Identity crisis. Yeah. Go through that, and there's no way to stay the same, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, you end off leaving them fighting as the temple's collapsing. Um, and then you see this weird scene um, where she's going off into a cave with the owl, and you're kind of confused, and we're still kind of confused. Um, but, uh, I mean, we talked about it for just a little bit, um, some connections to the, so if you're following Rebels, if you're not, um, this is gonna be a little boring for you, I guess, but, uh, one of the really interesting things in Rebels is the new season, uh, the new trailer for the new season, we see a bunch of stuff from the Mortis stuff, um, and, you know, in, in Clone Wars, she, uh, dies, basically, Ahsoka basically dies and gets, like, resuscitated through the daughter of yeah. the, um, of Mortis. Yeah, the daughter, Mozart. the daughter and the father had gotten basically this magic sword to kill the son. But, um, Ahsoka under the control of the, cause her mind was under the control of the son, jumps in front of the son and gets stabbed with it. And the daughter heals her at the expense of her life. Yeah. And if you watch the, um, if you look at the picture of the, there's a, basically like a Mortis, um, mural on a wall in a scene of the trailer, and it uh, that owl is sitting right on the daughter's, uh, I think on the daughter's shoulder, um, I believe. And so I think there's a lot of speculation that like, could she kind of, does she have something in her that's kind of given to her through the daughter giving her her life? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that we just we can speculate on and we find out we're just completely wrong. But I thought it was really interesting. There's definitely something going on with the Mortis arc tying into Rebels. Mm-hmm that's going to be important. And I don't know really what it is, but I think it could be kind of exciting to see. If you're a fan of the Mortis arc, by the way, in Clone Wars, you really should uh, take a look at the last season of Rebels. It really is getting very interesting with it. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes and what we could get out of it. And I like the fact that they're kind of being weird. They're bringing Star Wars back to the place I always wanted it, in a weird spot, you know, where you, you have some, some lore stuff, some just stuff that's not typical. Mm-hmm. Clones versus droids, rebels versus you know Imperials, um, some magicy stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I'm. And the big question is really where is Ahsoka? And we think she's coming back, but we haven't seen her. Um, if you followed Star Wars Celebration at all, um, the big event where they basically do everything Star Wars. Uh, Dave Filoni basically had a Ahsoka lives shirt on, so we know she's alive. Um, but I guess it's kind of, we, we leave Ahsoka in a weird place. We don't know what's going to happen to her, but we know she survives her fight with Anakin, with, with Darth Vader. And how she survived, I don't know if we'll know. I'm guessing we're going to get a flashback, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, it'd be interesting. Some kind of explanation. Yeah, that Mortis arc, it was just kind of thrown in in the middle of Clone Wars, and it was never talked about again. Just three episodes. But obviously, um, that's some wacky force type stuff because they are they f- hear this distress signal so obi-wan anakin and ahsoka go out to find it they all go into this bright pyramid thing and when they leave they just wake up on their ship again it was almost like it was a dream it's like this otherworldly type stuff and so this mortis place it, i guess it exists throughout all of the star wars timeline we have these super powerful force beings Mm-hmm. Um, affecting the entire balance of the Force in the galaxy. 
not controlling everything, but they do play a part. And I think that's that's really intriguing because what does that mean for the movies and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I doubt this will ever get tied into, like, a big, like, an actual movie. Right. But I think if you're a fan of Rebels and just Star Wars lore in general, this is kind of a cool, cool, cool direction with Ahsoka. And she's a character that I love. And I, you know, what do you think about the idea of the next animated series being the Ahsoka series? Huh. I'd, I'd be down for it. Yeah. When when would it be set, though? Uh, it'd have to be set right after. I think it'd have to be some type of, in my opinion, post-Rebels. She's still out there. She's doing some weird Force stuff. Maybe hunting some Force thing down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that's going to happen. But yeah. and I was just thinking about it. We know they're going to be doing another animated show. Everybody loves her. Um, I don't know why wouldn't... I mean, it makes sense, I guess, is what I'm saying. There's a lot of reason to do it, to do something with it. And I'd definitely be down if they did something with it. So, it's a great kind of day. Mm-hmm. And talking about Ahsoka, who is truly a great Jedi, we thought we'd end this podcast by discussing the idea of the great Jedi, the idea of balance that is spoken of a lot in all Star Wars. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> the concept of the Great Jedi is interesting because it's not really something that's actually been explicitly mentioned um, in Star Wars, but it's something that I think we could all say has kind of become reality within, um, specifically this new, you know, I, I listened to some people explaining how this new, um, this new episode, uh, episode 8, along with the new season of Rebels, is all kind of got a lot of concepts of Grey Jedi. Not not necessarily, you know, blatantly, this is the Grey Jedi way, mm-hmm. but um, acknowledging not only that there is another way than just pure light and pure darkness. Yeah. Um, I think the most blatant example of that is Bendu um, in the Rebels, um, which, you know, he basically is telling Kanan, um, basically shows Kanan the way, you know, through the middle. And, uh, I guess I want to know why Star Wars, specifically in these last few years, has really aimed this that way. I would say they really have. They've they've kind of de deglorified the Jedi Order a little bit, which I think is a good thing. I think it kind of helps the prequels when you realize that the prequels, the way the Jedi were in the prequels, isn't the way the Jedi should be necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I really like the concept of the great Jedi, um, even just saying, finding a balance, right? You know, Ray says it in episode eight, you know, um, but I don't know. I, I really like the concept, but I, I don't know how much more we're going to get. I wonder if after Rebels, we're kind of done with this, if this is kind of an arc yeah. in Star Wars, or do you think they're setting us up for something more, maybe in episode nine? It, it seems like that's just the way it's, it's going to be from now on in all new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Not, not that every Force user is going to be a great Jedi, but that there's going to be this increased focus on the idea of balance. Um, that was the whole point of the Mortis arc, that the father was keeping the son who was represented the dark side and the daughter who represented the light side of the Force, keeping both of them in balance, keeping them in check. And Luke believes that mm-hmm. it's the responsibility of the Jedi to maintain that balance, to not go to one side or the mm-hmm. other. Yeah, which is which is very interesting. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons Rebels brought back that art. I think they were probably looking at 
what happened in Clone Wars stuff to tie in and seeing how perfectly that fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. It really does. And I don't know. I'm really excited. You know, we talk about a lot of other Jedi who had kind of gray. Um, we say gray, you know, we're really talking about the middle, the, the balance mm-hmm. of the Force um, tendencies, like Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. So I think Qui-Gon Jinn would be somebody uh, that we could say had some, definitely some different, he differed from the Jedi Order in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, a lot, a huge part of the Great Jedi philosophy is listening to the Force, not bending it to to the Jedi's will, but listening to the will of the Force. Qui-Gon says a lot in Episode 1 to Obi-Wan, be mindful of the living Force. Um, and I think that's part of the balance, because the I think a lot of the failure of the, the Jedi Order pre-Order 66 was that they were trying too much to shape the galaxy mm-hmm. the way that they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And that involves sticking their lightsabers in everybody's business and making half the galaxy hate them. <laughs> it's true. Well, and you look at, um, I think kind of the concept too that um, maybe the problem that can arise from you know, the light side is kind of what Luke refers to, you know, is even the hubris of the Jedi, yeah. right? Yeah. He said, no, at the crux of their power, the, the hubris, you know, yeah. that, that was, and I think that's a lot of times Jedi, you know, who are, I think the gray is getting away from the idea that we can save everything and fix everything because we're so mighty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of it is, um, being gray, is trying to get away from the Jedi philosophy of shutting off all emotion. Because it basically turned them into, well, turned them into Anakin. Because he's taught to repress all of these very natural human emotions. And it spills over into full-fledged darkness. So if you try to completely embrace the light side and shut out all of your emotions... Um, that's not always going to end up well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's definitely some truth there. Even, even the, on the flip side and the dark side, you, you look at Kylo Ren, right? Somebody who has kind of got a way he has to do things. He's mm-hmm. struggling with killing his, you know, killing, doing the thing that he must do to please his master, you know? And, uh, I'm not saying Kylo Ren's going to become a great Jedi. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think he will <laughs> at all. Um, but I think the concepts still apply like you could be pulled one way or the other and the gray is really saying there are good pieces to each mm-hmm. maybe there's a time for anger yeah. you know and i would say there probably is most jedi most good jedi have had a moment when they fell into anger and it and it helped them that's you know? the yeah that's the thing that luke got he realized just because i'm using my emotions it doesn't mean that i'm evil i'm using them to help my friends i'm yeah. using them to save my father um and that was that was another re- point where the Jedi got off. Um, Obi Wan used the dark side to kill um, Obi Wan. He used his hatred for what? What did I say? Obi Wan used the dark side to kill Darth Maul or to defeat him the first time. He used yeah. his hatred for this person that had just killed his master. Yeah. So yeah, and it's not only balance within the person. It's like ba- it's balance overall because Snoke says. Um, uh, Dark rises and light to meet it. Um, Which is an interesting line. Yeah. I think that's actually a line that gets skipped over with Star Wars fandom a little bit. But uh, we, we think about the concept of the Force. Yeah. We'll talk about that in detail sometime. But uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. I think it'll be um, interesting to see where Star Wars goes with it. If this is kind of a concept they want to keep running with, mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like they've definitely been running with it for the last few years, you know. 
in the last year, really, and seeing if they continue or if they go on a different road. But like you said, I think a lot of the concepts they're going to stick with. Yeah. A lot of the concepts that, you know, it's not my way or the highway. There's, there is a middle ground. Yeah. Um, whatever they call it, they may not end up calling it the Gray Jedi, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Bendu shows up in Rebels this last part of the season. Um, I think he's a character that I, I really, really like uh, Bendu. And, uh, to me, he is somebody that perfectly is a perfect example of the problems um, within the. He, he perfectly sees the problems within the Jedi Order and the Sith, right, and or, you know the dark side really. And he sees these problems, and that's why he's you know he kind of teaches Kanan really the way. Uh, I don't want to say the way of the gray, but kind <laughs> of. I mean, to a point, you know, and um, and and there's so many ways they could do this. I'm like I'm interested about the. Wolves of Lothal in the last season of Rebels too. Like, there seemed to be some Force connection there, and I don't know. There's been a lot of Force creatures, and maybe some of them have connections to, you know, maybe seeing things properly. But, but I think where I think a lot of Star Wars is stressed the gray is to get rid of rid of the problems the prequels mm-hmm. maybe had. Yeah. And now maybe it makes a little more sense. Now we can say the Jedi Order. The purpose of that was in the movies was that it was gonna fail. You yeah, know? it wasn't just yeah. they did things wrong and were blind. There was more than that. Though that was part mm-hmm. of it. But their whole philosophy was flawed. Mm-hmm. The foundation upon which they did everything. I mean, the concept of being peacekeepers in the galaxy sounds good until you're riding your speeders and into some little person's house. You know. You know. I mean, we um <laughs> we um just watched the old Clone Wars. Uh, the the first collection of little shorts last night, and I don't remember where the Republic was fighting, but they basically <laughs> destroyed a whole city mm-hmm. just to defeat a battalion of droids. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> that was cool. That's got the art troopers in it and yeah. everything. And, uh, that's not that's <laughs> not that's not peacekeeping. No, it's not. That's no. warmongering. <laughs> well, I mean, you could argue that they had to, they had that's, to fight. Yeah, this. yeah, um, right. The clones did. Yeah, the Jedi need to be there on every end. It's hard because you can see where the Jedi are coming from. Like, shouldn't we be out there doing this? Um, I guess it just always seems like the Jedi Order would work better with less Jedi. Yeah, and less less control. Really, that's part of it. Is I mean, you always talk about the Sith wanting to get control. Who is in control for so oh so many years? The Jedi Order. I mean, they were basically in position to do what needed to be done to get anything they wanted done. You know, and um, they had a lot of power. A lot of power. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about all I have to say about the Grey Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there hasn't been an official Grey Jedi. Yeah. Here's his name. This yeah. is what a Grey Jedi looks like. But I think, you know, there's been a lot of hints looking at Ahsoka with, you know, white lightsabers. I mean, you don't get much more Grey right. than denying yeah. a color for your lightsaber, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but I, I really like where they're going with it. I hope they continue down this kind of Star Wars arc right mm-hmm. now. And, um, I really like how it solved a lot of issues in the Star Wars universe. and It's very interesting stuff. Well, I want to thank you guys for subscribing and tuning in, our faithful listeners. Uh, hopefully this week I will remember to actually fade out with the outro music <laughs> instead of adding the entire three-minute song. Uh, <laughs> it's a good song. It's yeah, really it is awesome. good. I enjoyed it. It's pretty jazzy. Yeah, um, it's a good song. But, uh, so thank you for listening to the Duel of the Fates Nerdcast, and we will yeah. see you next week. Bye.